We're back with episode 46 of Small Town Talk, and here's an exercise plan to help you shed those Christmas pounds. It's Baby Workout. Hey, you! Come on here on the floor. Let's rock some more. Come out of here on the floor. Honey, let's rock some more, yeah. But when you get out here, don't you have no fear. Put your hands on your hip and let your backbone slip and work out. to the left wobble to the right now it's plain to see you could have heard no me but it's a natural fact huh? I like it like that so work out Baby workout. If that didn't get you dancing, all hope is lost. The supremely talented Jackie Wilson with a dance craze track from 1963. Checking back, I'm shocked that that's the only Jackie Wilson track I've played on Small Town Talk. Why didn't somebody tell me? Here's Van the Man with Jackie Wilson said, I'm in heaven when you smile. <laughs> Jackie Wilson said it was written to Kind of love you got to knock me off my feet Let it all hang out Oh, let it all hang out 
with the opening track on the 1972 album St. Dominic's Preview, also a 1972 single. But did Jackie Wilson really say, I'm in heaven when you smile? I don't think he did. Can anybody help me with this? Where's Johnny Corsair when you need him? Well, did you all catch up with Small Town Talk's Longer Songs bonus show, episode 45B? It was the first in an intended occasional dip into the murky world of the five-minute-plus song. Why? Well, so the regular show can be a bit snappier. So true to my word, here's one of the shortest singles ever released. Oh yes, 
but worth so much more than its official timing of 1 minute 36 seconds. Maurice Williams and the Zodiacs with Stay, the shortest single ever to top the US charts. Stay was autobiographical, written by Williams way back in 1953 when he was only 15, after failing to encourage a girlfriend to, well, stay, stay out with him on a date. It finally saw the light of day in 1960, with Williams on lead and Zodiac member Henry Gaston providing that great falsetto chorus. And that makes it this month's Earworm. Not counting the lead-in and lead-out on that single, my version clocks in at even less than the official timing, at 1 minute 33 seconds. And this... This is one second shorter. Hearts that are broken and love that's untrue These go with learning the game When you love her and she doesn't love you You're only learning the game when she says that you're the only one she'll ever love Then you find that you are not the one she's thinking of Feeling so sad and you're all alone and blue That's when you're learning the game She says that you're the only one she'll ever love Then you find that you are not the one she's thinking of Feeling so sad and you're all alone and blue That's when you're learning the game That's when you're learning the game Buddy Holly with Learning the Game Yet another solo track recorded in his New York apartment on the 17th of December 1958. Three weeks before his untimely death. Like all those other solo acoustic tracks I've played in the past, it was of course posthumously released after being overdubbed with cheesy electric guitar, bass, piano, drums and backing vocals by the Ray Charles singers. There is no doubt in my mind that Buddy Holly was a genius and his work has always remained relevant. In the early to mid-60s, when the British invasion had effectively ended the careers of all the great American rock and rollers, so many of those UK bands, including the Beatles, regularly played Buddy Holly compositions in their live sets. And, ironically, the Rolling Stones had their first British top ten hit when a cover of Buddy's Not Fade Away reached number three in 1964.
the Rolling Stones with their cover of Not Fade Away. Now, I've never been a major Stones fan, but they were instrumental in introducing the blues and R&B to a white audience, both here in the UK and in the States. And the energy and excitement of those early performances cannot be overestimated. Many of us heard about the blues for the first time on covers from white British bands like The Stones, Alexis Corner, John Mayer and the Blues Breakers, and, influenced by those bands, we sought out the originals. Here's Howling Wolf with Little Red Rooster. Released on the chess label in 1961 and originally titled The Red Rooster, you just heard the enormous voice of Howlin' Wolf, who also plays the distinctive slide guitar, with his usual lead guitarist Hubert Sumlin on second guitar. Although credited to Willie Dixon, the origins of the song can be traced back to the 20s, and probably much earlier. In December 64, the Stones version of Little Red Rooster became the only true blues song to top the British charts, although Mick Jagger later claimed it didn't sell. Although Not Fade Away was a single in the UK, it appeared as a replacement track for Mona on the US pressing of the Stones' first album, which in the UK was simply titled The Rolling Stones, and in the States had the added description of England's newest hitmakers. 
The song I'm a King Bee appeared on both versions. Here's the original by James Moore, also known as Slim Harpo. Well, I'm a king bee Buzzing around your high Well, I'm a king bee Buzzing around your high Well, I can make honey, baby Let me come inside I'm young and able to buzz all night long. I'm young and able to buzz all night long. Well, when you hear me buzzing, baby, some stinging is going on. Well, Buzz a while. Sting it then. Well, I'm a king bee. Want you to be my queen. Well, I'm a king bee, want you to be my queen. Together we can make honey, the world have I never seen. King Bee, a swamp blues recorded by Slim Harpo in 1957 on the Louisiana-based Excello Records. It was the B-side. Surprising, that, isn't it? It was the B-side of his debut single, I've Got Love If You Want It. Mick Jagger later asked, what's the point in listening to us doing I'm a King Bee when you can hear Slim Harpo do it? Exactly, Mick. I don't know. I don't know. It's two songs, one title. So. Uh-huh. 
You just heard Ruth Brown with I Don't Know, a single from 1959 written by Bobby Stevenson and Brooke Benton. And before that, the fantastic J.B. Lenore with I Don't Know, which as far as I can see, first appeared on a 1976 compilation double album nine years after his death. It is pronounced Lenore, not Lenoir, as John Mayall sings in the two tribute songs to J.B., written after his untimely death from complications after a car accident in 1967. On the podcast page, I've included links to clips from a fascinating film made by a Swedish couple, Steve and Ronog Seberg, who interviewed JB in 1965. Lenore's political views were bravely expressed in his songs, condemning the Vietnam War, racism, police violence and lynching which brings me to one of the most chilling songs ever recorded. Cry. 
from a poem by Abel Mirapol that was this month's death song, Billie Holiday with the beautiful, terrifying Strange Fruit from 1939. And now, a protest song that could have been written for these times. Don't you know Talking about a revolution sounds whisper. Don't you know? Talking about a revolution sounds like a whisper. While they're standing in the welfare lines, crying at the doorsteps of those armies of salvation, wasting time in the unemployment lines, sitting around waiting for. Don't you know, talking about a revolution sounds Who are people gonna rise up and get their share? Who are people gonna rise up and take what's there? Tracy Chapman with her second single from 1988, Talking About a Revolution. I hope you are tuning into our sister show, Johnny Corsair's Bright Lights, Big City. If so, you will know that there are areas where our taste in music overlaps, particularly with 50s rhythm and blues, 60s soul and pop. There are times when Johnny plays a treasured song I have in my collection before I've had a chance to air it. And no doubt, I occasionally do the same to him. We both love early Motown. And between us over the course of Bright Lights, Big City and Small Town Talk, I see we've played five truly great Marvelettes tracks. And it's definitely my turn. This one's a belter.
Destination Anywhere, The Marvelettes with Wanda Young on lead, and written by Motown staff writers, husband and wife team Nicholas Ashford and Valerie Simpson in 1968. It was covered to great effect in Alan Parker's 1991 comedy drama, The Commitments, which in turn was adapted from Roddy Doyle's book of the same name. If you've never seen it, I recommend you try and get hold of a copy. There's a pricey 25th anniversary Blu-ray just out and some cheap second-hand DVDs doing the rounds. It's not currently available for streaming, but can be found online at Soap Today. Check the link on the pod page. And now, as promised in episode 44, here is Brenda Lee. She's very sorry. Little Miss Dynamite, the 15-year-old Brenda Lee with I'm Sorry from 1960. Now, Decca were originally reluctant to release the song, believing its lyrics too mature for so young a girl. However, despite being a B-side, it eventually became her signature tune, only outperformed on the US charts by Rockin' Around the Christmas Tree. No wonder, really. Every year it becomes a hit. Although reasonably successful in the UK, it was outsold by other singles, including Sweet Nothings, which I played in episode 44. Both I'm Sorry and Sweet Nothings 
were co-written by rockabilly singer Ronnie Self. This one, however, he wrote all by himself. It's not hard to take your was old favourite Eddie Hinton with A Railroad Trestle in California, written for him by Ronnie Self. And this is new favourite Nick Waterhouse telling us all that he was born in Santa Ana, 1986. Just like I'm all you take to another place, another time. 
month I played a Cliff Richard song and Shrewsbury Phil (laughs) urged me to play a track without Cliff so here playing us out are the Shads with their finest ever record
Transportant 